Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath. It's a privilege for Rosina, my wife, our son Sebastian, and I to be with you this Sabbath. It was an uh, unexpected occasion for us to be here. Uh, your pastor is somewhere in Texas, and uh, we came from Madison to fill this position today. And uh, um, I hope you will not have problems understanding the special English uh, today, but I am I also... I'm excited. You have a wonderful church, and uh, we love your church and a wonderful facility, um, and uh, I don't know. We started to appreciate you, and uh, you are friendly. You were friendly when we came here this morning. <laughs> I cannot talk about that at uh, this time. Um, I'm a pastor in Madison East District um, with uh, Jean-Marcel. And uh, we pastor two other churches around. And because this Sabbath is the fifth Sabbath, uh, it happened that I had an available Sabbath. And instead of uh, visiting other churches or going to our our church there in Madison, I went to the conference office and I said, I am available this Sabbath. Do you need me somewhere? And immediately they say, Fox Valley. And uh, Jane, the secretary, uh, was supposed to come here to, uh, to preach, and uh, I suppose she was happy when uh, uh, she found out that I'm available to come, uh, to come here. Now, um, let's bow our heads for prayer before we start our sermon today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful, wonderful Sabbath, for this privilege that we have to worship together, to praise your name and especially today to listen to your word. Please talk to us, speak to us according to our needs, and help us to enjoy being in church today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, my presentation today is entitled, Why Do Some People Say Church church is Boring? I'm sure not here, none of you ever said that. I'm sure, and especially this sermon is not for everybody, Uh, it's for those who think the church is boring. If you are not part of that category of people, you can leave. You can go visit other churches around because this sermon is not for you. But there are some people, they say church is boring. I don't want to go to church. And today we'll talk about this topic. Why? What happened? And I have some confessions or some... uh, um, Things people say about about church, that means, okay, Um, see here, in 1975, 68% of population in the United States, they uh, considered, uh, they had a great confidence in organized religion. In 1975, 88%, almost 70% of people, they said, we credit church, we love churches, we want to go to churches, we cannot live without churches. In our time, in 2012, only 44%. That means a lot of people, more than half, they say, I don't care about church. I don't need a church. Oh, I need a church when I get married and I need to find a pastor to marry us when we have a funeral in our family. But pretty much for my basic needs, I don't need church. I can drive by them, no problem. Now, 
there are some people, uh, they uh, gave some answers. I'm okay here, no problem. Uh, to this question, why don't you go to church? And they have different, um, different answers. I don't go to church because I am the church. I am the church. I don't need to go. Where I am, that's God's church. I worship there. I study. I listen to God's voice. I don't need to go anywhere. There are others. They say the pastors elevate those that sing the best, have the best or longest attendance and gives the most. You know, and when I'm there, nobody takes care of me. Nobody considers me important because the pastor, the leadership of the church take care of uh, uh, only of those who da- do a lot of things for church. The last church I was at, I fell asleep mentally every single Sunday and needed another nap physically after that, uh, on that afternoon. You know, when I go to church, I'm tired. I have to take a nap in order to watch a game. The first church I went, to the, uh, I went the pastor locked the doors and would not let anyone leave. I left and never came back. Are you sure that door is locked today? <laughs> I, I don't know. I never heard about this. But some people said this on the Internet, wrote this on the Internet. And also, there is nothing enjoyable about someone telling me what a miserable sinner I am. It's not positive. I'd rather go to a nice brunch or read a newspaper or take my dog for a walk. Why should I go to church if pastor says every Sabbath, every Sunday, you are a sinner, you have to change. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I want a church where people say, you are nice. You don't need to do anything. You are okay. You inherit God's kingdom forever with no problems. I don't go to church because my marriage fell apart because of a woman in my church. My husband takes part in the church activities with unholiness. It breaks my heart when I think that the, every, the very same church where I got married was the place that ruined my marriage. When I read this, I said, yeah, sometimes it happens. We have problems in our churches. Another one. I'm irritated when a church sings every verse of one boring song after another. And some of the words to the songs are the words I've never heard of and have no idea what they mean. Now, when we came in the United States in 2001, we heard and we listened to the national anthem of the United States. You're proud of it. You understood those words. You understand those words. But for me, as an immigrant, it was a strange song. When we became American citizens, we are proud of that, that uh, national anthem, too. There are, uh, there are old words there. I have problems even to understand, but I know the history, the, what, happens, what happened before, what's behind the national anthem. For sure, we, we don't sing that every day, you know. Turn the radio on our cars and let's, re, let's sing again. No, but it's very important at one uh, particular moment in our, in our life we'll sing that. Just because a pastor, a minister is talking for an hour in church doesn't mean they are effectively feeding us the word. I've heard many messages that were all over the place with no direction and left me confused, said another person. Why am I supposed to go to a church? Because I'm not spiritually fed. 
they have some services there. They don't meet my spiritual needs. That's why, why should I go? I find it boring. I'm not challenged or fired up with enthusiasm. I prefer to watch Andrew Homak on God TV and so on. And there are some Adventists, they say, I'd rather stay home and watch 3ABN. Now, if you are not sick, if you don't have a problem choosing between coming to church, being part of the corporate worship in church, staying and watching 3ABN, that's not a good thing. I'm not talking about 3ABN. I'm not talking about if they have good programs or not. For sure they have. But when it's the time for me to be in church for corporate worship, to praise God here, it's not the best time to be in another place, with some exceptions. Excuses for not attending church. The church is irrelevant. What does it mean? I am a young person. I am into technology. I am a professionist at my job. I have a master's degree. I have a doctoral degree. I have an experience. I am a leader at my job. When I come to church, the church is part of out of space, not part of my space. It's irrelevant. I have problems, issues. I have dramas, conflicts, trials. What can church help me with all of these things? I have bills. I have, you know. The church is full of hypocrites. Welcome. We need another one. (laughs) Because they say, oh, they go there, but they don't do what they say they do. Yeah, we have problems. Okay. Uh, All they're after is my money, somebody says. Every Sabbath they come and say, you have the privilege to donate or to to give. Um, It's my only day to sleep in, somebody said. I can feel closer to God without being in church. And it's boring. And we'll talk about this today. Now, when somebody is not interested in what he or she is supposed to do, what she is doing at that time, what are the causes? What happened? And, I, and I've started to, to uh, learn about this. Lack of variety causes boredom in our life. You know, the same thing. Every morning, the same uh, cereals, the same uh, oatmeal, the same thing, you know, for the entire life. What's for breakfast? Oh, the same thing. Boring. Especially younger people, especially teenagers, especially children. They need variety. They need something new for them, okay? Also, affluence. You have a lot of things. And I saw a lot of families buying a lot of toys for their children, a lot of toys, their basements, garages, and and even uh, uh, back of their houses, they are filled with toys. And imagine when you buy the new thing that uh, just uh, came out, that person, that child, that teenager, is excited only for few minutes, one hour, two hours. But after a while, because of affluence, because of a lot of things, go to Africa, go to South America, go to Asia, you know, child, a teenager is excited with the same toy for one year, two years, okay, because of that. Uh, Perception. Everybody said church is boring. I didn't experience that before, but if everybody said, I have that perception, and I came to church with that attitude, with that perspective, and yeah, it's boring because that 
children's story. I heard that story before. I had a similar one. Oh, that sermon, it's, it's a regular sermon. Too much, too soon, phenomenon. And uh, I saw on the internet uh, some pictures with uh, uh, young girls, 10 years old, 12 years old. They dress like uh, young adults, you know. They dream to be uh, brides and so on. You know, when, we, when they get there, oh, it's already an experience they already had. That doesn't mean they were married before, but they are used to uh, think of themselves about that. I don't belong here syndrome. And this is one of the most important things I discovered in our churches. When somebody is not involved in church activities or in church programs, they are, not, they are not asked to do anything. They don't, they don't have that feeling they belong to that place. And after one Sabbath, two Sabbath, three Sabbath, four Sabbaths, they say, I don't belong here. I am bored. But let's invite that person to do something. That person is excited. She's part of that. He's involved in that. And that's a different, that's a different thing. Now, why some people say churches are boring? Because we are in a a fiercely competition in our society. You know, I have this remote control. Has three buttons. It's very simple. Doesn't work there. Okay. But technology today is so sophisticated. I don't want to show you my new cell phone. It's a little more excited to check on your cell phone than to come to church to listen to a sermon. You have computers, and I'm talking about not you, I'm talking about those who say the church is, is boring. And uh, they have uh, games, they have uh, uh, sport activities, they have entertainment. And when they come to listen to me uh, in my church, they say, Pastor Titus, it's not interesting, he's not so funny. Um, he is not entertaining us, okay? And they have that conclusion, they t- had that conclusion, church is boring. Uh, Now, I have a bad news for those who say church is boring. Because being bored is bad for your health. And I didn't invent this study. I find out studying for this sermon. And they say this, boredom increases risk of anxiety, depression, drug and alcohol addiction, anger and aggressive behavior, performing poorly at work and school. You know, when a child says, I am bored, I'm not interested in this. That person or that child is not interested to read, to study. His grades or her grades are lower and lower and lower because he's not, he's not excited in that, you know, boring. Sometimes you go to work on Monday morning and uh, sometimes I see on the internet, oh, it's Monday, Monday. That means Monday is the horrible day of the week. Oh, thanks God it's Friday. I'm excited because weekend is coming. When you go with that attitude, it's horrible, it's Monday, it's this horrible job that I have, for sure you'll experience all these kind of things because your attitude prepares your heart and your mind to act that way. Now, uh, when also when you uh, are bored, you are involved in destructive behavior. And uh, there, there are studies about animals and boredom. And they do different things. They go around, they chew things, and uh, that's why you need sometimes to hide a toy 
to give it the next week, you know, to tell him that, and we to be excited uh, because of that. 13 reasons that unchurched people choose a church. Unchurched means people, they normally they don't go to church. But when they decide to go to one particular church, they have some very, 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 very important reasons. What are those? 90% they go to a church because of the preacher, because of the pastor. And I'm not talking about he, if he's nice looking or handsome. Uh, if he speaks effectively. Uh, his style of preaching. His message. You know, when I discovered that, I said, what? Until now, I said, people don't come to our church because of our members. They don't invite them. They are not friendly when they come. And they have a first impression on the whole way when people go by them, not talking to them, not saying welcome to them. When they have the chance to listen to me, they already made a decision to not come back anymore. But this study says 90% they come or go because of the message. Not of the pastor, but the message that the pastor presents on regular basis in that particular church. Okay? That means this is a tremendous responsibility over my shoulders. That means I need to know this when I have to deal with this situation. In everything, 88% doctrines, 49% friendliness of members, 42% other issues, someone at church witness to me, family members, and sense God's presence. Okay? And also, relationship other than family members, Sunday school, our Sabbath school class, only 25%. Uh, children or youth ministry, other groups, ministry, worship style, music, and location. Talking about location, I discovered in my own experience that people go not to the uh, church, to that particular church closer to their home, but to that particular church closer to their heart. They can go like this in the other part of the town to be members in that particular church, going by another church, you know, passing by another church because they love to be there why some enjoy attending church and others not okay and i assume without knowing you that about your presence here it's an indicator that you love to come and to attend church our church here you enjoy being involved in our church here because you are here i i am sure nobody was forced except some children forced to come here today, but majority of you came because you love it. But let's say why some enjoy attending church and others not. Remember this summer uh, in London, in Great Britain, in Europe, they had Olympic Games there. Now, I don't know if you are interested in sports activities or not, but pretty much I wanted to see some. I, I don't remember if I saw a report or something I didn't have a lot of time to watch, but I would love to see some uh, athletes trying to go over their limits or, other, or other, others' limits. And uh, pretty much I enjoy watching uh, Olympic Games, and especially when um, America or United States had uh, athletes there were Romania, and uh, I had hard times when uh, Romanians competed against Americans to choose uh, to cheer for, uh, for one a person or another. 
Now, not everybody is excited to watch sport activities. Some people watch TV where they are supposed to, oh, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going on here. I have a list from uh, top10s.com. I didn't invent this list, okay? Don't blame me for this. But they say the top 10 most boring sports. And here they are, five of them. And be ready for the next column. American football is one of the 10 most boring sports. And I can tell you that's right. That is right. Because when I came from Europe and I had to watch something with somebody about bears. Oh, I I don't want to talk about bears in a Packers word. But because at the time we were in Chicago, I couldn't understand anything. I saw a bunch of people going into each other, a ball that it wasn't round, round that I was supposed to, it was supposed to be. It was an oval ball. I saw them pushing each other, throwing that ball in one area and another. It took too long, too much, until the end was over, and finally somebody won that kind of thing. I was in Europe when uh, some young people from my church at that time told me about Formula One. Racing cars, you know, that's very famous, especially in in Europe, possibly in the United States too. And for two hours, those uh, famous drivers, they were supposed to go like this, in a circuit like this. Two hours, two hours. Why so long? You know, for me at that time was a boring, boring, boring activity to watch. But I discovered some people were very, very, very excited. And you are excited. Packers, not the last game. I know you are mad. For me, I'm in Wisconsin. I pray for everybody. But I want to... Um, <clears throat> some people say sport is boring. Watching American football is boring. You say watching soccer is boring. I say no, it's not boring. It's exciting, you know. But in the same time, others are very, very excited, you know. And when uh, uh, Packers uh, played the Super Bowl and they won, guess what? Sebastian and I watched the game. I didn't know the rules, but Sebastian told me the rules. I understood them. And I ended, I don't know how, I ended cheering for them. And I said, yes, I want them to win. I understood the rules, okay? Now... This is something that uh, happens with religion too. There are some similarities between sport and religion. Both have times of significant importance and meaning, religious holidays, playoffs, drafts, and so on. As a pastor, don't ever ask people to come for a board meeting or for, for a business meeting when Packers play. <laughs> because that is holy time. You don't want to interfere with that particular time. Yeah? We are happy that nobody plays on Sabbath morning because we'll have big problems because of this. Rituals. They have rituals around events before, during, and after. And I made a study for a uh, radio ministry that I had in Chicago uh, how 
people in sport pray sometimes more effectively than people in churches because they, are win- they, uh, they want their team to win and so on, and they pray for the, in the entire game. While in churches we pray at the beginning and at the end, nothing in between, but they pray earnestly for a good result. Both have heroes, stories, and legends about accomplishments. Okay? You know a lot of things about American football. I know about other sports, and we know them. Th- those heroes are in, our, are in our heart as on the same level with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I know they are religious people, but in sports it's similar to religion. And also, both can evoke intense excitement and emotional commitment. Emotional commitment. I don't ask you if you have T-shirts with Packers at home. When you watch Packers, you take those T-shirts with you. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not asking this, but you already uh, answered my question. Both can give deep personal meaning to people's lives. They, have, they are involved in friendships, in clubs. They do things together because of this. Both give a sense of belonging. And both stresses discipline, repetition, and development of character. You know, if you love your team, if you are emotionally attached to your team, if you know the rules, you cannot say it's a boring activity. Brothers and sisters, my friends, the same thing is uh, uh, right in religion too. Why some people or some teenagers or some young people say religion is boring? Because they don't know the rules. When I'm talking about rules, I'm not talking about restrictions. I'm not talking about laws, Ten Commandments, principles. I'm talking about that. But the rules of enjoying a wonderful uh, uh, um, relationship with God. They never experience that. They watch what happens in churches or in a spiritual world as a football American game just coming from Europe. No, not understanding the game. Second, they are not emotionally attached. You know, I can understand the rules, but I, I don't want to uh, watch all games that are in the world in, in, in this time. I'm more interested to watch when my preferred team plays. That means I'm emotionally attached more than knowing the rules. The same thing happens in, in religion too. And... Uh, uh, why do we come to church? Our Bible verse that we mentioned at the beginning says like this. I rejoiced with those who said to me. Keep in mind this expression. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced. I was excited when those told me, let's go to the, the uh, house of the Lord. But when somebody said, uh, uh, it's a boring place, I don't rejoice with them. My heart is not with them. I'm not attached to that mentality or to that perspective. And David mentioned this. For him, it was an excitement to go to the Lord's house at that time. And also, that is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to what? I have another sermon on entertainment and religion or churches. Pretty much we want to transfer what happens in the society in our churches to make appealing for others. You know, if young people want some particular 
kind of music. We want to have that in order to attract them in our churches. If they want some uh, amusement, let's, let's try to convert some worldly amusement in a spiritual amusement in order to keep them here. But the Bible says the primarily reason we go to church is to praise the name of the Lord first. When we come to church, we come to worship God, okay, corporately. We can listen a better sermon at home. We can provide a better sermon than the preacher that particular Sabbath. But the number one reason we come to church is to praise the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, not according to what I feel or what I think, but according to the statute given to Israel. As the Lord want me to worship worship him. Okay. And at the beginning, that could be a strange experience. I don't like that. I don't love that. It's old. It's not appealing to my modern senses or tastes. But when I'm into, when I allow God to transform my mind, my character, he will change me, renew me in instantly or progressively. I ended enjoying doing these things. We don't have time today to ask you a question. What happened when you came for the first time to one uh, Seventh-day Adventist church? Maybe you weren't so excited at the beginning, but slowly you ended loving being here and saying, I'd rather die than not going there anymore. And also another reason we go to church. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. They came to listen to God's word. They came to celebrate God's grace for them. They came to praise, uh, to praise God's name. But what happened? They ended being baptized. That means they responded to the outer call was provided for them at that time. Sometimes we come to church like this. I'll go what, to see what's going on there. I don't know, this name of this pastor, strange, I never heard about this. How to pronounce your last name? Uh, I, have my pro- I have problems to pronounce my name here too. No problem, don't, don't be sorry for that. You know, we go there to see what's going on, what's new, you know. Do we get a new toy today? You know, a new feeling, we, we felt well, uh, well, wonderful in church today. But these people, when they came to church at that time, they responded. They said, yes, Lord, here I am, working my heart. And I dedicate, I commit my life to you from now on. And they were baptized. Is there anyone here today that come, you uh, usually come to church to listen, to be part of, but never responded this way? I don't know you, but God knows you. And the Holy Spirit works, want, wants to work at your heart, in your heart, in order to have this uh, second step in your life. And also, the Bible says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And we have, you know, all 
Uh, all of you, you know this verse from the book of Acts. They went there for fellowship, for studying the scripture, for, and after that, to uh, be um, trained to work for others. Now, this is a good news. I had a bad news for those who said uh, church is boring. And I told them, if you say church is boring, you'll experience frustration, you'll experience uh, uh, low results at your job or at your school, you'll not, you'll not be excited of anything. Now, what are the advantages of going to church? In uh, Science Daily, in January 6, 2012, said, researchers from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology were able to find a clear relationship between time spent in church and lower blood pressure in both women and men. Praise God, they said about men too. Not only about women. <laughs> that means there is a connection. If you come from the Sabbath school class, you'll have even a lower blood pressure. If you come at 11.30, yeah, God is happy with that too. But if you want more spiritual and physical benefits, please come early. Because they said they are not Adventists. Let's see. This man, uh, uh, researcher Harold Conning in the book of Healing Power of Faith, uh, said this. In general, Christians, those who come faithfully to church, regular to church, they cope with stress better. They experience greater well-being because they have more hope. They are more optimistic. They experience less depression, less anxiety, and they commit suicide less often. They don't drink alcohol as much. They don't use drugs as much. And they don't smoke cigarettes as much. And they have a healthier lifestyle. Okay? You can go to a club to do some training and exercising there. You go to a, another club to eat uh, healthy. But they say if you come to church, you'll benefit all of this. Uh, things. They have stronger immune systems, lower blood pressure, probably better cardiovascular functioning, and they live longer. Welcome to a club, spiritual club, where people will live longer and better. Okay? Just attending churches. And you see here a map of the whole continent and the world with a uh, longevity hotspots, and guess what? There are other spots in the world, but in North America, Canada, and the United States, only Loma Linda, California, is recognized, not by Adventists, by these people who made this research, as a place where people have a greater quality of life in terms of quality and, and length. They live uh, longer and they live better. Now, I love what these young people, young men said, Alan. Church can be boring to anyone, no matter the age. I am 22 and I find it a tad bit boring. But at the same time, eating can be boring. School can be boring. Just being alive can be boring. But most people don't look at it in that light because they see the significance and importance of those things. What? That means not only going to church seems boring for some people. 
going to school, going to work, and doing other kind of chores or activities. But beyond those things, we understand necessity of being involved in those activities. And uh, Sebastian, my son, told me this morning when he asked me about my topic, and he said, it's not a big deal to come to church for one hour. You will not die. Okay? And also, there is another verse in the Bible. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the God is good. Most of the time, majority of people who said, church is boring. I don't love spiritual activities. I don't want to be involved in that and that. Maybe they never experienced that relationship with God that gave them or will give them um, joy and happiness in their life. They watch a game not knowing the rules. They went to Packers. Somebody paid for them. Somebody said, come with me to Packers game. They said, okay, I'll come with you. They felt horrible there until the end because they didn't know the rules and they weren't emotionally attached, attached to that team. They couldn't say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, while all the others said that. They said, what's going on with these people? They are excited for things. I don't understand them. The Bible says, if you are in that category, if you ever said, it's boring, I'm, it's not for me, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We have problems with our small children asking them or inviting them to try new recipes. And sometimes mothers say, try, taste, you like it. And he said or she said, no, I don't like it, something new for me. How could you say, I don't like it if you've never uh, tasted or tried? Taste and see, the Lord is good. And as long as you taste, as long as you are under under this uh, environment, spiritual environment, you like it more. And someday, sooner or later, will become addicted. You cannot live your life without it in a positive, in a positive way. Okay? Now, there is a problem. There are some people, they say heaven is boring. We'll go there for what? What are those activities we are supposed to do in heaven? Sing harps, not mandolins, not guitars, not other instruments. Harps for eternity. We'll eat some fruits, not other consistent food. We'll drink fresh water from a river that goes and goes on and on and on and on for eternity. The same taste, the same water. Oh, I understand it's a water of life. But I need some juice. I need other other kind of things. And not many activities there. What would happen to uh, to me in heaven? That's why I don't like church, uh, God's embassy on this earth, uh, because I don't want to go there. Now, brothers and sisters, our relationship with God is a, it's a personal thing that produces joy and happiness in our life. Sometimes it's not exciting, but it's a necessity. We cannot live without it. And uh, God will reveal his, uh, uh, his character and his grace to each one of us in particular way. And I'm sure you have a lot of experiences to tell others what God did or provided for you. And you were excited to tell that story 
again and again and again. Let's praise God's name today. Let's thank him for this experience and this privilege that we have to worship him in churches, to worship him in our families, and to uh, witness for him and to tell others about what happens here with a new attitude. When we go and uh, send out brochures or books, let's have the right attitudes. This is an awesome experience that we'll have. This is perfect for you. Not go there. This is an event that we have for our church today. You know, you are invited if you can, if you are available. Not like that. When you promote Packers, you have enthusiasm and joy in your, in your voice, in your attitude. Let's do the same thing with God, with our experience with Him, in, with our corporate worship, worship, with everything what happens here. Let's uh, um, uh, try to um, allow God to send his fire, the Holy Spirit, upon our hearts and upon our, our other people around, around us today. In his name, we listen to his word today. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your desire for each one of us to be happy, to enjoy our life, not be bored in any area of our activities, to find excitement where we go and what we do. But most of all, thank you so much for your desire for us to be happy and to experience your joy as a spiritual gift. When we come before you, when we worship you, when we celebrate your grace for us, when we uh, come and listen to your word, doesn't matter who is speaking, doesn't matter uh, from where he or she comes from, but the most important thing is your word, your message, and your special solution for our needs. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be together today. We are part of the same church, doesn't matter where we are. We are part of the heavenly church, a part of your kingdom. And we want Jesus to come soon, to have the opportunity to spend the eternity with you and with one another forever and ever. Help each one of us to be ready for that day. And also through our influence, through our words, through our books, through our events we organize in our churches to prepare others for that glorious event. And help us, Lord, to express a positive attitude and a positive perspective when we talk about you, when we talk about your church, in order to make other people willing to come and join us, being part of your church. Be with us today as we continue to celebrate your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.